Hello and welcome back to Stone Butch Disco. My name is Rachel Stonecipher and I have an interesting one for you this day. Yesterday, Thursday, I know that's not how people listen to podcasts as though it's a newspaper, but yesterday I released a more typical episode. Today is the second part of an interview in quotation marks that I did with my wife, Kari, who is from Mexico City. The more we compare notes about our upbringings, the more we thought it might be interesting to talk about them, talk them through. And so I devised an interview schedule or list of questions. And we we really kind of dig into language differences between how folks in Mexico and Mexican Spanish and folks in Texas with American English of a Texan nature um, discuss gender in general. So we get there, but there's also... Um, Cardi kind of talks about how she came into her identity and... Uh, I don't know. I just found it interesting. I hope you do too. Um, it was very difficult to put together. I hope this hangs, I, you know, I'm not going to let the perfect be the enemy of the good, but what I'm doing, as I said last week, is like, it's almost like I'm trying to build NPR in my closet because I'm trying to translate over what she's saying. I'm not doing it justice, but I'm doing my best. We're trying to have it always. So if you would like the transcripts of what Cardi actually says in her beautiful Spanish, please get in touch. Stonebutchdisco at gmail.com. Please check out the website, stonebutchdisco.com. There's so much writing. You will get the sense through this that Karina and I are both super nerds. And so um, that is what a lot of the website is. We have a lesbian library with the wisdom of the ages that has come before us. I have a bunch of writing. There's some merch if you want to be a loud lesbian. Um, there is a personals page. <laughs> we got a lot going on. There's like nine pages. Um, yeah, stonebutchdisco.com. Any hooser. Um, and I'm sorry I just said any hooser. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Okay, so do you want me to just ask each question and then you can. Yeah, like how and yeah. when. Yeah, how and when did you first realize you are a lesbian? Bueno, right, so I remember when I was at kind of the end of elementary school, and my mom put me in ceramics classes, and in those classes, I started to like my professor. Ceramica is hot, right? Because you have to do stuff with your hand. No? Am I making that up? <laughs> you have to draw. More than drawing, you have to paint. You have to draw and paint. So I was going every Friday to those classes. And there were moments when the professor would sit down next to my side and take my hand to teach me how to paint. She touched your hand to teach you how to paint. I wonder if I should just, I can just kind of translate like as we go. Because I also, I don't want to like annoy Spanish speakers by like talking over you when what you're saying is better said in Spanish anyway. <laughs> so I might, I might just try, we, we can see if this just sounds stupid, but like. Yeah, that was a quick mystery. Of course, I could not translate as we went. So I continue to kind of translate over our recording as I'm editing here. Bueno, so yeah. So she, so you were taking a ceramics class. You were like falling in love with your teacher a little bit. Well, not falling in love. That's strong. Sí, no, ajá. Es que era como mis clases. And I would look at her and how she took my hand. I started to feel things. 
different things that I hadn't felt. And like when we would be at school and we'd have to dance. Oh, you have to sing like performances? Like you have to sing for Christmas. Mm-hmm like pageants or something. Sí, y tienes que cantar y tienes que actuar o bailar y es básicamente para los papás. Okay. So, in general, they put you to dance or sing in a pair, usually with a boy, not in a girl pair. So, sometimes, some of those times, when they they didn't have someone, a boy, oh, because they didn't have a dude, they didn't have a guy, so you had to, so, when we, instead of having 12 and 12, we had 12 and 15, an odd number, so, you had to dance with a girl, and it didn't happen much, but when it happened, it was like, oh, I like girls. Like, I started to feel differently from then. I think that since I was in primary and elementary school, I started to discover that I was feeling different things for girls, like excitement. Like, I wanted to be with them. Not just that we want to play, but like it feels different. It's different. So, wait, how old were you with the ceramics class? Okay, so you were a little kid, and sí. she would, your teacher would, you said, kind of guide you by taking taking your hand. Sí, ella, and, ella se sentaba a mi lado. Yeah, so she would sit next to me. Because the brushes, the brushes yeah. to start painting, you have to do it from a certain angle. Right, right. <laughs> you, have to, you have to paint, like, very from up here. Or, like, you, you have to clean the paintbrush on a napkin. Did you ever pretend like you were just terrible at it so that she would come over and help you? No. <laughs> You're not that wily. But, yeah, I had a dream in which she kissed me. Oh. That'll do it. See. A kissy <laughs> dream. I'm sorry I interrupted you. I was excited. So, yeah. That was when I really... There kind of confirmed what I felt. That it wasn't only happening at school. So then... It was basically elementary school. When I started to realize that I liked girls. From there, well... I went to middle school. There was a girl one year younger than me. I was in third of secondary, so that would be eighth grade for us. And that was when I had my first kiss with a girl. So we kissed, and at that point I'd already kissed a boy. Yeah. Like little, like baby kisses of children. Yeah. But for me, kissing a boy was like, Ugh. but kissing a girl was like, wow. <laughs> okay. Well, the ceramics thing reminds me of the movie Ghost, which now you know what I'm talking about, right? What do you call that movie in Spanish? La Sombra del Amor. Yeah. Shadow of Love. The Shadow of Love? La Sombra del Amor? Yeah. So there's that scene where, like, they're literally making pottery. That's what I was thinking about when you were talking about this teacher. Exactamente but, así. No exactly. I mean, she wasn't seated behind me, but yeah. <laughs> sí, muy cerca. She didn't have her, like, legs wrapped around you. Good. Pero para ella era como muy, muy normal, ¿no? O sea, yeah. Como muy... 
She did it with everyone. Yeah. So you were making ceramics. I'm just trying to complete this image in my mind. You were no, no making. You were painting. Just painting okay. them. Damn. Mm-hmm. I really wanted the messy pottery scene. Through my hands. I'll allow it. Yeah, exactly. It's like no. kind of, it's almost gross. It's like <laughs> gratuitous in that scene. Okay, so then, then I think we can fast forward to another question, which is, if you knew that you liked girls, niñas, then at what point did you know that you liked butch women? And was that confusing? Because the whole world is telling you that like, butches are something other than like the good kind of girl. <laughs> I had confirmed that I like girls, but for me it was hard to say lesbian out loud or to name myself as a lesbian, because around me there were no other lesbians. So surely there had to be, but um, they were still hiding, and I was too. So I confirmed that in in middle school, but when I went to high school, I started to go out to, like, gay bars. Gay places in La Zona Rosa, but I was young, I was like 17, 18, so I had a friend who was 19, a boy. And in Mexico, the bars, you're le- you're, you can legally go in after 18 years old. So he told me we should go. One time we went, but we were like kind of hiding because we were like 17, 8, 17. And once I was there in a group of friends, I remember really clearly that um, a group of like three women arrived. And when I looked at them, I thought they were gay men. Right. Like all the men think I am at the club. <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, but then one of, the, one of the women gave me like a speed lesson, a quick, quick class, and asked, do you think they're men or women? And she said, Cardi said, men? And she said, no, mujeres, look at their hips. And she said, you have a lot to learn. Oh, my God. <laughs> como una clase express. Like, like a speed speed lesson. Sí, de como diferenciar. What are those, men or women? And I remember there were three, three girls, and one of them, when I looked at her, I was like, wow. I was far away, but when I saw them, one of them, I really liked. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time that I saw, like, that I was living, like, being surrounded by gay women, gay men. So that was early, though. See, Like, when you were first, kind of. See. Yeah. But really, I... I basically just saw them, yeah. like, okay, they exist. But after that, it was like, it kind of got hidden. Like, I didn't really know anything mm-hmm. about masculine women. As if more my environment was lesbian girls. But more feminine. Mm-hmm. I didn't have... Like, I didn't really have a butch woman friend, and definitely not a girlfriend. 
Right. Do you think that was because you were like, oh, no, 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 because some part of you thought that you were attracted to that, but you didn't want to admit that? Or do you think sí. that you were just kind of like, eh, that was one? Pues al principio fue como... Well, at the beginning, it was like, like, I'm interested. Yeah. But after that, you know, you start to hear comments like, ah, oh, they just look like men. Mm-hmm. Lots of prejudices. So it's hard to say, and sometimes complicated to say you're a lesbian, but it's even, like, more to say somebody is masculine. So, like, to be a lesbian, but then beyond that, be with a masculine woman and, like, take their hand in the street. There's so much prejudice. I mean, sometimes I, I was seeing, you, you see them, sometimes you see them in the streets, but they're, but I usually saw, like, like, butch women who were 40 or above, like, older. And people just think that looks like a man. There's some prejudice. People are judging them. It's more like, like, they never recognize them for their their pride and, like, their bravery in going outside in the world like that. And instead they judge them. Like, they don't celebrate butch women for openly living. So you, are you saying you were judging them more than you were kind of valor valuing or valorizing no, 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 la gente, people la in gente, general. Okay. General. okay. Mm-hmm. So, so at school, in the street, um, and in my house, um, if you saw like um, a waitress who was masculine or something happened, you just hear a lot of judgment. For that reason, I felt like it wasn't. I felt like it wasn't something I wanted to live mm-hmm. in that moment. I kind of put it to the side. Do you think since a lot of your friends were lesbians, do you think you were hearing those judgments and prejudices more from like the gay community, like more from lesbians ourselves or more from general culture? Like people in general who are not necessarily gay, was that where you were hearing that butch women were like, eh? Or were you hearing from lesbians that butch women were like, eh? No. Personas en general. No, people in general, not not lesbians, not gay men. Like, it usually happened with straight people. Uh-huh. Those who were kind of judging butch women. Gotcha. So butch women were more or less accepted sí. by gay men, by lesbians, like they were... No. Well, if you're in a gay like area or place or environment it's like they're not going to discriminate against you if you're in a gay place if you're in a zone where there's or a neighborhood where there's more gay community but in the street in a random place like if you go to the store to buy like a soda yeah people might judge you know masculine women more than gay men. And is it just people making little comments? Sí. Like, you just uh, see a little uh, bit of hostility? Sí, bueno, sí, como las palabras como... Yeah, words like, just judging them. Yeah. Basically just like, oh, you look like a man. Like, you look weird. Did you ever see anybody, like, really attacked? Like, no, overly? Yeah. No, nunca. Good. Yes, I've heard of it a few times, but 
but I think it's more outside the city. I've heard it a few times, but more outside the city than inside Mexico City. Yeah, I, I'm sure crazy shit happens to lesbians in Mexico City, but I do feel like I felt very comfortable there, which, like, more comfortable there than often in Dallas, and I don't know why that is. Like, do you feel like Mexico City is more tolerant sí, than a lot of other... Yeah, right? Yo me acuerdo alguna vez aquí que... Yeah, I remember, like, one time... I was visiting my aunt and uncle um, here in Dallas, and we went to the store. We were, like, close to a Target, and close to us, uh, a lesbian couple walked by, a butch femme couple, a butch woman. Butch femme or two butch women? Butch Butch femme, sorry. Yeah, butch femme. I was wondering. And while they were passing, I heard a voice behind us say, like, ew. And you come from where, like, La Zona Rosa is, like, massive. (laughs) And, I mean, then I I was, like, 15, so I was discovering my identity, too. So in some way, whenever you hear expressions that don't help, yeah, and when you hear things that, like, don't help, it's that kind of thing that suddenly you hear something bad about lesbians, basically. But yeah, I was with them at the store, and, you know, you see another family and that's just what you hear, and you're like, oh my god. (laughs) It's really uncomfortable, because because I was just starting a relationship with a woman, and that just wasn't easy. I was thinking if I if I walk around in the street, that's what people are going to think of me and what they're going to say to me. Yeah. Y en México, pues también creo que es completamente diferente. Well, it seems like it's different in Dallas, completely different, more than anywhere in Dallas, because here you can go wherever you want to go, um, but you need a car. Necesitas carro. Like, if you're going to go wherever you're going to go, you need a car. So, you don't have to socialize as much in Dallas as you do in Mexico. Yeah. And people can be assholes and then hop in their car. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. Right. In Mexico, you're like, you're right there still. <laughs> like, we're going to, yeah, like, we're going to share, like, a bus ride. Right, right. Right. <laughs> so it's different how you live in Dallas as opposed to how you live in Mexico. Because, I don't know, when you travel with people, I don't go on the metro much, but when you go, um, you always see somebody gay. Right. You see a lesbian, or you see a gay man, you see a masculine woman, but you always see them. So, actually, it's like people don't even really turn to look. You know, they'd rather take take their time on the metro, <laughs> listening to music, sleeping, putting makeup on, <laughs> instead of staring at you. But yeah, here, you just have to be in your car. You don't have to really talk to people. 
So we almost don't know how to act. (laughs) It's like when somebody's just like, ew. Yeah. And then you can just run away instead of like having to get on the bus. with. And then you can just leave in your car and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And pretend you're a good person. (laughs) Thought about that. That's kind of true in a lot, like tons of places in America. Yeah. Like when, when you and I went to Mexico, we went on the metro. And you see the interaction there is with people. Oh my gosh, that reminds me. We have to talk about the metro. The the women-only zone. Oh, sí. And like how I almost got turned away, remember? Mm. Oh, claro. But then I felt so safe. That was such a weird moment because I was like, well shit like I got misgendered right they thought I was a dude but then when they realized I was a woman they were like oh this is for you and then I felt good I was like yeah I feel better in this part of the train like <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go in that other part of the train yeah in Mexico people have fought for a long time for that space and I don't know if it's like all day but it's there every day so yeah when we were walking and the policewoman the one who was like making sure that men don't go to the back of the train she said like he can't he can't pass he can't go past and and i said that's my girlfriend and then she was like okay but then she didn't say anything else right right yeah, like she looked at you. None of that, no. Well, and I think I think she heard my voice too because at the same time I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a woman. Like there was that. Uh-huh. But it's it's so interesting because here that would I just feel like it would not be politically viable to have a section of the train that's devoted to women mm-hmm. because I think that the trans rights movement has said you can't really you can't really judge the safety of a person based off of their appearance right so that but that was so interesting to me because in my feels like my emotions were like oh thank god i don't thank god me and cardi don't have to get in the other part of the train at this time of night where there are scary dudes Mm -hmm. you know and so it was this weird thing where i was like i feel better here (laughs) but i also feel like it's a little discriminatory (laughs) like i don't know (laughs) right yeah well but I, i also think like it's this interesting thing where if you present, I I don't know, Mexico is still very invested. And I don't know if this is 100% wrong. Like, there's so many feminists in Mexico City, like loud feminists. Like, when we were there, there was that demonstration. And it was claro. all about abortion and, sí. like, things, you know, it was, it was so body-focused. There are a lot more marches than here. Mm-hmm. They're like feminists are louder and they talk about the female body and they talk about like, like they deal with rape really aggressively. Mm-hmm. So like that part of the train was very much like this is protection from sexual violence, which is he, like, that's crazy that feminists were able to secure that in a way because we have, we've almost started stopped talking about like the like female body and like the threat mm-hmm. of rape. Like we don't really we don't like to talk about that in American politics i don't think at all i don't know have you noticed that that's not really sí, no, no here habla. right because like, no. you hear about our politics y, all the time sí, pero no de yeah relaciones. yeah yeah i mean in mexico they they talk about it a lot because it happens very often well it, it happens here too but, but yeah it's hidden yeah it's hidden but it happens here all the fucking time also so 
that's why I was like, I mean, damn, these are very different political environments, Mm -hmm. very different. And I wonder, and I remember asking you, I was like, are trans women allowed to come back here if they're not fully transitioned? And you you were kind of like, I don't really know, which means it would be up to the judgment of the cop who is standing there, Mm -hmm. which is interesting, right? Like I could tell that that police officer who was una mujer. Yeah, it makes me think of something. What would have happened if you'd gone alone? And if she'd said, you know, if you'd if you'd said to the police officer, "I'm a woman," then what happens? No, porque para But then also, is that fair? Because I can pass as a man. I can be theoretically if I shut my mouth, which is of course shouldn't have to happen, right? Like that would be its own little form of oppression or repression or whatever of my suppression of my identity. But if I was quiet, I could easily pass as a dude and be in a way, mm-hmm. safe, mm-hmm. temporarily. But if I moved, if I said, excuse me, if I said, sorry, if I fucked up, then I would not be safe. So it's this issue of like... Aquí voy a. Yeah, You, at that moment, when she said no, I said to her, you know, that's my girlfriend. And then she was like, oh, okay, that's a woman. But it surprised her um, that she didn't say anything and she let us pass. But I feel like she knows that if she had said no, you can't pass. That's that's discrimination too. And I feel like no faltaría quien diría no es que déjala pasar es mujer y aquí es right. o sea, una zona de mujeres y todo esto no entonces sí well and I was thinking there are worlds in which I am less likely to make it to that part of the train than a trans woman and maybe that's just maybe that should be that way because we we experience different types of privilege and discrimination so like if a trans woman presents as a woman and is female and is is in undergoing all of that right like she deserves that space as much as i would and on the other hand i need that space less if i just don't talk <laughs> so it's like but and i don't know what their what their thing is it they can't possibly have a policy that would be actually like transphobic and shitty because i feel like everybody would call that out too mm-hmm. so it must be like the police officer just either is like Yes, you need this safety or no go away. And but that's so crazy because mm-hmm. then it's like an individual decision. Claro. Sí, no, pero ahí but there my my voice my voice in that moment mattered. Right? Like it determined the situation. And also it seemed like at that moment it was like she no like you know I'm sure that it's not the only time that's happened to her there are lots of masculine women and you could say like oh okay I thought you were a man go ahead and I will say that I never in Mexico was unable to convince someone that I was a woman right I got misgendered several times a couple times in the airport bathroom by folks who were Spanish speaking so we, we even had that issue of like translation where I was like oh I'm not a man I where I told them in the airport bathroom um, that was one that that was pero, probably like the most no you were outside but I, I was okay. just like eh 
because it was the most like confused one, mutually confused, where we were both looking at each other, and I was like, "Did you understand what I was saying?" <laughs> but then it, it it clicked, right? Like I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm not a man," because she was like, "Oh, this is the." you know, basically not like hostile, but like, this is, this is the women's restroom. And I was like, Oh, I'm a woman. I'm, I'm not a man. Mm-hmm. But then I think my accent, you know, I speak so quickly, especially when I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. I think she was like, huh? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I'm a woman. And then I think she could hear my voice. So I never, I never had a moment in Mexico where people were like, fuck you, you threatening fuck. Like they were, they were just like, Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody was like, Oh, my bad. Cause I don't, I don't think I, I do think that there's this mutual respect that I feel from women in Mexico that I don't necessarily always feel here and I don't know why. I think there's like, I just feel like this realism about like, oh, you have a female body and I have a female body and that makes life hard for us in similar ways. Mm-hmm. Like when, when you get on the bus, you're like, all the women are here in, almost in like solidarity. Mm-hmm. Like I'll protect you if you protect me. Yeah. I think that also has to do in some way with the fact that they've been fighting lately because before there was so much patriarchy, you know, that was determining like who had the jobs, the money, but now we're like fighting for women to have more security and safety above all in the street. Like when you go to work, when you go to buy like cookies, when you go to school, that you feel safe. And so lately there's been a lot of support between women. And, you know, they hope that it keeps that way so that it doesn't get squashed, all that activism. And for that reason, it's like if you see somebody attacking a woman, a bunch of people get up and start to help. And it's the women. And they start to talk. And for that, uh, I'd say that when I spoke for you in the, in the metro, it's like I'm fighting with you. That, that you have my support, that you're being validated, that you're being recognized, like who you are, like demonstrating who you are, being recognized. I, and I just, it just feels so good that you can fucking say it out loud. Like in Mexico, there is this like, yes, being female, having the bodies that we have, having the, the histories often of being read as female that are very meaningful and not not just in traumatic ways but often in traumatic ways like the idea that we share that 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 is a class condition do you say that in spanish like mm-hmm. condición de clase sí i'm saying clase wrong condición de clase mm-hmm. condición de clase like the idea that femaleness is a class condition is something you can say out loud mm-hmm. and it's like women can find each other who who need that who need that like category to stand up for each other and I just feel like that's it's very different here it's very different here we're like if you if you if you try to say well this thing makes me a certain kind of person people here are like well not really (laughs) like they're constantly like well I mean it's made up right Mm -hmm. and you're like "Um." (laughs) but okay okay like to the point where For example, like gay marriage, Mexico had legalized gay marriage quite a while before the U.S. did. I think in 
2012. Somebody who's listening to the podcast knows that, and they're, like, yelling into the ether, but we can't hear them. That's what I love about podcasting, like, when you're wrong, and then people, somebody knows who's listening. They're like, shut up. But here we are, not even Googling it, because um, that would be multitasking, and my phone is recording. <laughs> Cardi just made an edit symbol. Edit, and then and then put in the right answer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's but you can't you can't have a thing like gay marriage and you can't really give a shit about it without distinctions of homosexuality, same sexness, right? Like female and female because that's the legal issue that comes up when you're getting married. That's the legal way of labeling people. And yeah, um, we should talk about how in Mexico there's one word for female and woman and it's mujer. Mm-hmm. There's not like a separation between. No, simplemente es mujer. So then, trans women are female and women, right? Mm-hmm. Like legally, that would be the. Sí, nada más right. dices, ahora eres mujer. Yeah, yeah, right. No hay otro. And then here, I tried haphazardly to point out why it feels a little different to me in the United States. But I, I even though it's messy, what I'm trying to say, I still think there's um, some value in just thinking about it. We find it difficult or challenging to use the word female as a class condition anyway. Like, we don't talk here about the body as much as you do in Mexico. Like, straight up, we don't. and It's like we're uncomfortable. But um, I think because we don't say that word it makes it like less clear when trans women are female. So I, I kind of find that interesting that like in Mexico, you're like, yeah, you did it, you're female. But here it's like, we want all women to be the same. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, it's not like female is a class condition that you have from birth and that you then take on if you're trans. It's more like anyone can be a woman at any time. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think feminists are starting to say, well, what about female? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for us, it's like this woman who transitioned is female. Masculine feminine is more like when you're filling out a form for work, some application. It's like a formal word. Yeah, it's like when you're saying this, you're, you're at work, you're at a hospital, you're filling out some form. It's on your identification, on your ID. Sexo masculino femenino. But, but there, you don't mean, like when you talk about me, you say mujer masculina. But you don't mean that no. I have un cuerpo masculino. No. So it's at the same time that word is being used in Spanish to mean a physical sex classification and a trait of culture, mm-hmm. how you present yourself. Mm-hmm. That's kind of confusing. Exactly. For us, I think it's just woman. Right. I mean, it's, because for us, if there's a word, if you say mujer, it's deeper than if you say masculino, femenino. Right. It's like the words mujer y hombre make the ground, like they're like the foundation. So when that, when one of those words comes out, it's like you you are saying that you know something about their body, about their bodily situation, mm-hmm. whether or not they've had a sex change. Yeah. So if you say, how do I feel? Somebody would say, I feel female. I feel male. But saying mujer or hombre, it's coming back to the same thing. You could be formally on your identification, masculino, femenino, but 
te sientes, you feel mujer o hombre. Those, those are the sexes and the genders that kind of overlap in Mexico and that you feel, um, you know, whether you're cis or trans. All right, so after editing this, um, my head is truly spinning just thinking about all of the different ways that these that words and the language we use shapes our understanding of things and in turn is shaped by our understanding of things. I think that's the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis for any anthropology nerds out there. If that's wrong, I'm sure you're yelling at me in your car. Um, but anyway, I'm going to let this stand and I think Cardi and I will return to it in a future episode. If you're digging any of this or want to support the project of looking into digging up corners of butch lesbian and femme lesbian experience that maybe don't get a lot of attention or visibility, um, I would be so appreciative if you would drop five stars wherever you're at or follow us or share us or do, you know, whatever will help other people find the pod who might need it. Um, as I do, I feel like I need it. Truly. Um, so anyway, would appreciate that. And I just thank you for sticking around. Um, I would love to hear at stomachdisco@gmail.com about any topics or um, like angles on butch lesbian experience, um, femme for butch experience, butch for butch experience, any angle on butch experience that we can make more visible. Please let me know. Give me a goose to chase and I will hunt it down. Okay. Have a great weekend. This is me again, acting like podcasts or newspapers and assuming that you're listening to this right now. Have a great weekend. Back again like flu season. I broke records while loose leaf and I'm coming now on my roof leaving. Don't give a f I don't care. Uh, did the f on my lonesome. No wonder now I'm on one. No shortcuts on that long run. All I really want is my share. Uh, get on my God on my totem is nuts.